Hi, I'm Jules from Riddle Me That True Crime. I'm Robin Warder from The Trail Went Cold, and Jules and I want to tell you a little bit about a case that means a great deal to us. The death of nine-month-old baby Jacob Landine on April the 10th, 1987 in Socorro, New Mexico. The day prior to his death on April 9th, baby Jacob was being watched by his mother Brenda's new boyfriend John, not his real name, in his mobile home on 1453 Fatima Drive. While John was babysitting Jacob, Jacob would incur what would be his second head injury in a period of weeks. The prior head injury was a subdural hematoma, or brain bleed, and it was serious enough that it needed to be lanced to take pressure off baby Jacob's brain while being monitored by doctors over the course of several days. The circumstances surrounding how Jacob was injured and subsequently died are murky at best, with the suspect giving multiple versions of the events of the day, ranging from Jacob choking and accidentally hitting his head while trying to dislodge a cookie, to Jacob falling and John returning to see the injured infant. The suspect also reportedly confessed to officers that he was indeed responsible, but there is no paper or audio record of this confession in the police file. The reasons given by the DA for not pursuing the case are confusing as well, with one of the reasons being that they were worried that John would file charges against the state. It was the opinion of the doctors that baby Jacob was struck in the head and this was no accident. In the years to follow, John goes on to sexually abuse young Eric, well as physically abusing his mother Brenda and emotionally abusing and isolating them both, making the world very small. During the autopsy, layers of abuse seem to be present. A healing rib fracture from around the time of the first head injury is also discovered. It's impossible to say exactly when the injury took place, but what is clear is that someone was abusing young Jacob, and that person was most likely John. Eric Landine, Jacob's brother, has been fighting to get justice for him. However, he faces some obstacles such as the statute of limitations of six years on second-degree murder that state representative Bill Ream has petitioned to have overturned. Join Robin and I, as well as criminologist Dr. Ashley Wellman, an investigative expert, a legal expert, a forensic psychiatrist, as well as Jacob's brother Eric, as we explore all angles of this case and try to bring awareness, understanding, and hopefully, ultimately, justice for Jacob. The series starts on March the 1st. Tune in on your favorite podcast app. You are listening to Weird Distractions, a podcast where we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I'm your host, Alex. And Christy. And surprise, we're doing a re-release of this episode because I wasn't happy with the audio. <laughs> and we can't talk, apparently. It was and fine. we can't talk, apparently. So, funny story. Um, if you're re-listening to this, welcome. This is episode 48. Uh, this is actually a really good reminder that you should always jolly phonics your words and get the proper... But you always do try. I do try, but for this, for this one, for some reason... I, I didn't. I just thought that I knew what I was saying. So what happened was is that I went through an entire episode saying the name of this location wrong and then thought, oh, I can just record over me saying it wrong with me saying it right and it'll be fine. I wasn't happy with it. Christy was like, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. People are going to know. Hence, we're doing a re-release. So surprise. 
surprise we released this episode back in march we are now re-recording it in august uh we were talking before we started recording and our distractions are probably the same it's probably work let's be real here work sucks still sucks months later we hate adult life it's fine exactly but you're not here to hear about that you want the spookiness you want the weirdness so we are re-recording the saint rock cemetery number one and number two in new orleans here we go let's get into it so located on saint rock ave in new orleans one of many haunted hot spots in one of the most reported haunted cities in the u.s and our favorite and our favorite and also actually while we're talking about new orleans again shout out to our listener angela let me just pull this up here um love her to bits she emailed us and she said it the subject line was love your show in caps and then she wrote but if you ever do a louisiana story again please let me know so many words were mispronounced and i cringed every time not that it's your fault that everything is pronounced differently in louisiana uh that was i think more so for our faith hathaway episode where i i and i knew i was not doing well with the names of all the places uh but yes shout out to angela you she's so sweet she's so nice she's like yeah if you're ever do another episode please let me know like gave us her cell phone number if i need to like reach out to her and get some conversations i think for this episode we'll be fine fingers crossed angela recheck to work and we're doing it again (laughs) angela if you're listening please let us know (laughs) um but according to the nola catholic cemetery's website originally the cemetery number one was established in 1874 by Reverend Peter Leonard Thevis for his predominant German congregation. Once the St. Rock Cemetery No. 1 was given the green light to be built, it would be designed to boast a cornerstone and Gothic-style chapel. So very fancy, very ooh-la-la sensation. A little fancy spook going on. Exactly. Here for it. Reverend Thevis apparently designed and constructed the chapel as a reported act of gratitude towards the act of prayer or intercession over his congregation. See, the congregation and the area at large was recovering from the yellow fever epidemic of 1867. Before we dive into the yellow fever, I'm going to to quick scratch the service explanation the name of the cemetery as it has a connection to the plague and to being sick and just a bunch of other things that will little tidbits as we go on through this little distraction uh by no means and i think you might remember this from last time christy uh where i essentially say i'm not an expert on religion or religious identities that is not uh it's not my background it's not a forte Sorry. Exactly. So apologies in advance if you are Catholic and want to correct anything I'm about to say. Please email us because, as always, learning is fundamental. So St. Rock was actually a Catholic saint who apparently lived between 1295 to 1327. It's been documented that he apparently was born with a red cross on his chest, a symbolism of something greater. To me, his birthdays, I'm actually realizing he wasn't that old when he died. No, and not only that, but isn't it weird to hear 1295 and 1327 as dates? That's your total for your chips and candy today or something? (laughs) 
<laughs> that's what I picture when I do the numbers. I'm like, that's not really like a year. That's too, that's too long ago. That's my total, my grocery bill. $1,327 is your grocery bill? No, it'd be like $13. Oh, okay. I was going to say like, Chrissy, what the fuck are you buying? No, Sh- groceries are hella expensive and it's like a $200 trip every time. And I want to correct. Yeah, fair enough. Fine. Fair enough. I was just more scared of the fact that there has been a time where 1327 was just the year. You know what I mean? Like, my brain can't even conceptualize anything past 1912. That's your birthday. <laughs> yeah. When I was born in 1912, because I'm over 100 years old. Anyways. You're old as dirt. I'm old as dirt. So, essentially, St. Rock got sick at one point. He self-isolated himself from everyone, which doesn't that sound familiar? That sounds like my life. Yeah, basically. Uh, And apparently he was kept alive by a dog that brought him food. I know. Oh, what a nice service dog. We don't deserve animals. Point blank. They're too precious. Too precious. Actually, when I was driving this morning home and there was a puppy just to make you happy there's a puppy in the back window of the car in front of me and it was just like oh. panting and smiling i mean just staring at me at the stoplight and i was like i just want to make gestures and live with the dog but that's really weird this is a stoplight and people are parked beside me <laughs> i mean i fuck it i would have Who, who's gonna bat an eye there's a puppy involved anyways so rock survived and since has been associated with the healing and protection of worldwide illnesses not only is saint rock the one that you apparently call on to survive potential plagues but he's also been referred to as the patron saint of dogs oh how fitting exactly so keeping that in mind the name of the cemetery is kind of ominous in the sense that reverend thevis was perhaps trying to call on saint rock to help his people. Potentially, maybe, who knows, I might just be speculating wildly here, but kind of on a hunch. Speculation. Back to the sickness. So between July to September 1874, both Louisiana and Texas have been hit by yellow fever. It wasn't the first time that Louisiana had been hit by the yellow fever, but it was still pretty devastating this time around. And New Orleans got the brunt of it based off of the history engine page I read. Apparently, 40,000 people in New Orleans succumbed to yellow fever during this pandemic, according to the Slate article by Ella Morton. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of people. Thinking of that and thinking of today, it's just like, I hate pandemics. Why? How dare you, pandemics? How dare you, diseases and stuff? It's fucking rude. How how dare you multiply and whatever and kill us all? Not okay. Yeah. How dare you create variants and stuff? You tell them. (laughs) I know. I know. Uh, Yellow fever, for those who aren't familiar with it, is a disease caused by a virus passed through mosquito bites. So, you know terrifying lots of skitters so that's not good exactly symptoms include fever chills headache backache and muscle aches and according to the cdc website approximately 15 percent of people who get yellow fever develop serious illnesses that can lead to bleeding shock organ failure and sometimes death so needless to say, it's uh, not to be fucked that's kind with. It's kind of a, not like a super high percentage, but that's high enough to be serious. Exactly. So back to the cemetery. Uh, it was first dedicated and had its gate open on August 16th, 1876, 
Wooden crosses and simplistic memorials were common in the beginning, according to the NOLA Catholic Cemetery's website. Three years later, St. Rock Cemetery No. 2 was officially erected in 1890, which was then taken over by Reverend Thieves' successor, Mr. Brooks. Speaking of Reverend Thevis, when he apparently passed away, he was buried in the center of the chapel underneath the marble floor in front of the altar and the statue of St. Rock, according to the New Orleans Historical Website article. In terms of what to expect when you visit the sites, according to the NOLA Very Local article by Michael DeMocker, the chapel has the inscription above the door, which says, quote, the National Shrine of St. Rock, patron saint of miraculous cures in fulfillment of vow 1875. Within the chapel is a small room full of offerings to St. Rock, including, but not limited to, crutches, limb braces, i.e. not orthodontic braces, uh, plaster casts. I've also seen pictures of dentures and religious figurines. Um, essentially, it's become known as the Shrine of Prosthetic Limbs, according to the Haunted Nation blog. Yeah, let me just, like, cut my cast off, because uh, I do that not in the doctor's office, or I keep it from the doctor's office, because that's not weird. And I just go just go take it over. I mean, one man's ripped-off cast is St. Rock's treasure, I guess, or an offering. I also am going to comment that that room must stank, because let me tell well, you, patients yeah. that take their casts off, nasty. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, I can't see it smelling like daisies in there by any means, shape, or form. But I, mm. maybe they have candles in there that they light from time to time. You know? I don't know. Seven, I don't know. Yeah, they have, like, an automatic uh, Bath and Body Works account where they just get, like, one three-wick candle every month just to light it in the room. Maybe. Or oh, let's give I, you some, like, automated glade, like, little yeah, one of those like automatic sprays. Oh, goodness. Uh, but before we dive into the spookiness of these cemeteries, let's hear a quick podcast promo from one of our podcast friends. There's a feeling we get when passing ghost stories around a fire or sharing legends of fantastical beasts, both amazing and terrifying. The mere mention of the otherworldly beings that surround us are enough to make even the bravest amongst us shudder with fear. But these stories are as essential to our cultures as the languages we speak and the food we share. These fables of the unknown have become an integral part of our history and the foundation of our society today. And as frightening as these creatures might seem, we cannot help but wonder what they are and where they come from. Stories of the supernatural, whether of spirit or beast, will always find a home within our minds. For nothing haunts us more than that which we cannot explain. Hello, my name is MJ McAdams, part-time shadow person, full-time supernatural seeker. Welcome to Humble Hauntings, where the lovers of the unknown can pull up a seat and make themselves at home. I invite you to join me on a quest to explore the supernatural creatures that have bound themselves to our history 
and unveil the world's most heart-stopping haunts. Haunts that could be as close as your front door. Because after all, home is where the haunt is. All right, Chris, here. Are you ready to get spooked to death? Talk about to death, but you can well, spook yeah. me. It's probably not going to work, but okay. I was going to say, since we're talking about cemeteries and death is all around us constantly, literally. Every day, literally. All right, so let's talk about the weird aspect of this week's distraction, aka the paranormal side of things. So, one of the most common stories to come out of this cemetery is that of a ghost dog that has been reportedly seen roaming around the property. This dog isn't your average pit bull or lab. It's not a golden retriever, and thank the Lord it's not a chihuahua. Uh, It's been reported as being, quote, an unnaturally large black dog, according to the Ghost City Tours website. Now, it could be very likely that this dog is maybe just a stray dog, because unfortunately there are stray dogs out in the world that we can't have which is depressing to think about, but some people claim that whenever this dog approaches, it vanishes and not just it scattered, like it, it runs away. It just vanishes into thin air, which, you know, I don't think that's a, that's a, that's a dog trick you can, you can teach. No, it's a little on the weird side. Like you're just like, Oh puppy, come here. You know, it might look scary. And then it's just like, gone. exactly. Which has led some people to kind of go, you know, all right, it's a ghost dog. Uh, some have correlated that because the cemetery was dedicated to St. Rock, the patron of dogs, that this may explain the vanishing cemetery dog. Others have thought that this dog may be a hellhound, a folklore creature that is often considered as an omen of death, according to the Monster Wiki website. Which, I mean, it's a cemetery, it's an omen of death, 2 plus 2 does equal 4. You know what I mean? It does, but then that also means I don't want to see the dog, then for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Our next ghostly figure may not be as cute and cuddly as our ghost dog or demon hell dog, whatever, whatever is going on there. Apparently, there is a hooded figure that also roams around the cemetery as well. This mysterious being apparently vanishes as quick as the dog, though, so they've got something in common. The hooded figure has been even seen inside the cemetery when the place is locked up, making it extra spooky because people will walk by and they'll see this hooded figure, but the visiting hours of the cemetery are closed, so it's like, who who is you? You're looking at them, and then bam, they're gone. It's, it's spooky. Does this hooded figure have that little stick with the big uh, little knife thing on it walking around being like the angel of death or whatever? You mean the Grim Reaper? Yes, 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 I, yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no. Haven't heard that, but uh, if you're from the area and want to let us know, that'd be great. Could you imagine, though, just, oh, yeah, just out for an evening stroll and saw the Grim Reaper at one of the cemeteries. It's just your average day in Louisiana. Sounds like basically what this dog and this hooded figure. Yeah, it's just death all around. Um, 
no one really knows who this hooded figure could be. However, maybe it's a farmer local named Jimmy. So according to the Nola Very local article, there's a local tale of a guy named Jimmy who had fallen in love with a woman named Carrie. We just went from talking to death to talking about love stories real quick. And why do their names rhyme? That bugs me. Jimmy, Carrie. It's just like the E. Oh my gosh. What if it's just Jim Carrie? Wow. Wow. Revelation. Revelation. Hold on. I need to process this for about two days. Regardless. I'm not going to. No, we're going to carry on. But anyways, Jimmy apparently would always give Carrie different colored roses, prompting her to crack some kind of code when he made up the flower. So apparently each flower color represented, I think, a letter. And so he'd give her like different colored roses to tell her different things. Like, could you imagine just the work and effort that would have to do and get a message that said, like, pull out the chicken for tonight's dinner or something mundane? And, like, why, like, that sounds, hey, Rosa's hella expensive. Why get yeah. it to your own language? Like, just fucking message her, talk to her, telegram, call, I don't know. Sometimes things can be romantic and that's great, but other times just get to the point. Just lay it on the table, Jimmy. Say it how it is. Be upfront. Be direct. Exactly. Anyways, Jimmy apparently proposes during Mardi Gras, which that just sounds lovely. Um, but then enlists for World War One shortly after. Jimmy goes off to war, and unfortunately, he doesn't make it back to New Orleans alive. He is then Sad. laid to rest. Yeah, he's then laid to rest at Saint Rock Cemetery, where Carrie would begin to visit him on a regular basis. Time goes by and someone else asks Carrie for her hand in marriage. Carrie, maybe still grieving, went to Jimmy's grave for clarification of sorts, reportedly feeling uncertain as to what to do. Do I marry this new guy? Do I say no? What do I do, Jimmy? You know, and grief, grief sometimes is a really thickle thing to deal with. And sometimes we... We kind of lean on it to try and make some decisions, if that makes sense, especially when it's someone that we were really close to, right? We kind of go to them to make our decisions, even though they're not around physically. Yeah, and you're trying to make sense of your own situation and say, like, what should I do? And just talk it out with people. Exactly. According to the local lore, as Carrie is visiting the grave, a bushel of roses begins to bloom. I'm not sure the color of the roses, but some say that it gave Carrie some form of a message whether based on the color or just in general. Carrie apparently took this as Jimmy telling her not to accept the proposal, so she turns the other person down. Here's where things get a little bit of a true crime twist to this lore. Uh, the person who had posed to Carrie would be later arrested for killing two local girls. So some believe that Jimmy was trying to protect Carrie from beyond the grave. That's dedication. This is dedication, and also very weird that she's like, oh, roses. Okay, say no. Yeah. Like, think, like, yes. Be like, nice roses, whatever. I, mean, I guess it might depend on the color. Right. But yeah, that, she dodged a bullet. Dodged a bullet there. So in terms of Jimmy being the hooded figure, we're not, like, I'm not really sure if it is or if there is a connection between the two, if they are, I don't know, if if maybe they're two separate identities. Like, there isn't any reports of specifically seeing a man-like figure, like a separate from the hooded figure that could be Jimmy. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not, it's just the hooded figure and the dog mostly. But then there's mm -hmm. this local lore of Jimmy and the roses and everything. So I'm not sure my money's on that it's not because the hooded figure seems kind of spooky, like more, not spooky, but 
startling, unsettling. Yeah, it seems more dark compared to like Jimmy just kind of coming beyond the grave, giving some roses and talking yeah. with people. So I think they're two different entities. Exactly. Now, beyond the obvious reason that some of us may think regarding why the cemetery is haunted, uh, because, you know, the dead are there. Uh, a psychic medium named Carrie Roy noted that people leaving offerings such as flowers and gifts may be why spirits continue to linger in the world of the living. According to the NOLA Weekend article by Shan Bailey, Carrie claimed that she found St. Rock Cemetery to have a calming sense to it with no real mention of any angry or vicious spirits. Um, but because we are offering gifts and kind of acknowledging these spirits or these people that are no longer physically with us, somehow these items are, I don't know, manifesting spirits in some way. Does that make sense? Like you're kind of offering something to continue to have maybe a conversation. Yeah. You're like keeping that, con that connection alive in some way. So either way, EVPs have been picked up at the site apparently. And some have even reported seeing light anomalies according to the haunted nation blog. So to kind of summarize this, Spooky little weird distraction from Louisiana. From a potential hellhound to a warning from a loved one beyond the grave, I think it's safe to say that this New Orleans haunted hotspot is packed with some pretty, pretty spooky, weird paranormal stories. St. Rock Cemetery was built on protecting and homing those who were affected by yellow fever. What they didn't know back then was how even those buried after the yellow fever pandemic would try to protect their loved ones from harm of future dangers. As we heard from the local lore of Jimmy, regardless, if you are in the area and you want to check the place out, definitely do so. Maybe Chris and I, when we are able to go back to there, we will go and check it out. But as other haunted places that we cover do so respectfully. Don't be a dick. Don't steal a prosthetic leg. If you do, we're going to sell it. I send hope a they haunt you then. Yeah, we're going to send a hellhound on your ass. Just don't be disrespectful to the dead. Because that's rude. Because that's rude. Anyways, you know what's not rude? Shouting out resources. That's not rude at all. So thank you so much to the NOLA Catholic Cemetery's website, the History Engine website, the CDC website for Yellow Fever. You can find more about Yellow Fever at www.nc.cdc.gov. The New Orleans Historical Website article, St. Rock Cemetery Plagues and Germans in New Orleans, which I just love that title for some reason, by uh, Madison Roxanne White, Kelsey LaCourage, Robert Demerick, uh, Karen Snyder, and Catherine O'Dwyer, or Dry, yeah, Dyer. New Advent website, St. Rock, uh, which was at newadvent.org. The NOLA Very Local website o article, Haunted NOLA, The Plague, The Promise, and The Ghost Dog of St. Rock Cemetery by Michael DeMocker, May 26, 2020. Uh, Ghost City Tours website, The Ghost of St. Rock Cemetery. Noel Weekend article, The Ghosts of St. Rock Cemetery, A Haunted City of the Dead by Shan Bailey, no date listed. And finally, the Slate article, Honor the Healing Powers of St. Rock by Leaving Him Your Leg by Ella Morton, May 7th, 2014. And Christy, other than leaving legs, uh, where can where can people leave reviews? Where can they find us and listen to us and tell us about their 
I don't know, tell us about their casts or their rose bushes, whatever floats their boat. Yes, leave us all the deets. So where to find us? You can find us on uh, various platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts. If you guys listen on Apple, please feel free to leave a review, leave some stars, five preferably, because you know you love listening to us. That's why you're here. So that or Spotify or any other platform you find pla- uh, podcasts on. You can support the show for free by following us on our various media platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Weird Distractions Podcast. If you're looking for more Weird Distractions, uh, please consider joining our Patreon, please. We have two tiers. Both tiers get monthly episodes, uh, behind-the-scenes footage. You get some free stickers and some more goodies. We already have a couple bonus episodes out, and we wanted to also shout out our current Patreons as always, Tom and Bailey. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, if you want to help out the show, you can also pledge us on uh, Buy Me a Coffee, and you can also search us on Redbubble. We have merch. You can get pretty much anything you want made on something specific. So just look us up that way. And that is the end of all of our goodies, people. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for just being you. We appreciate everyone listening, uh, reviews, you know, reaching out, saying hi, what have you. Um, if you have anything specific that you want to correct us on, like maybe I pronounced something wrong again, let's hope to God not, but, uh, regardless, feel free to email us, send us a DM. We love hearing from people. And as always, if you need a distraction, we got you. Goodbye. Keep your casts to yourself. Damn it. I'm Kim. And I'm Ashley. And we host True Crimes and Weird Times, where we answer questions like... Did the government really kill Danny Casolaro? Did you know that the movie Scream was based on an actual serial killer? How much do you know about skinwalkers? Join us every Wednesday for your weekly dose of true crimes... The unexplained... And the just plain weird. Check out our website, truecrimesweirdtimes.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. And listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. So come check us out. We'll be waiting. (laughs) 